I have these friends, Dan and Sheila. I actually they're podcast hosts. Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And we are back for the second last check-in. Uh, and indeed, in a minute, the second last episode of Touching Evil, a show we're going to be very sad to say goodbye to. Oh, yes. I can't Oof. wait to see the last episode and then cry. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, especially I I since they've decided to make the last episode, you know, the one that really looks into his near-death experience. I am yeah. very interested to see how they're going to handle that. Uh, yeah, I'm, um, yes, and I also want to know what happens to Merck. I know. I'm sure he'll be fine. But anyway, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, that's the we'll second episode we're covering this week. Yeah, we're not going to jump into that right now. No. Uh, but yes, wow. Uh, How do they fix these episodes? Oh, my God. And their original episodes are great, too. Mm-hmm. That's the crazy part. It's not like they're just fixing episodes. They're also making original episodes that stand up entirely on their own. Oh, this one on Cyril? So good. It's so good, and it's so sad, and it's so appropriate. Yeah. It's uh, a little sign that you're not going to be seeing Cyril for a while, but that's fine. It makes sense for the character. Yeah, you know. But, but he's already taken him into... Like, you see, he's taken him into the hospital... The first in that first pilot. Yep. At the end, right? Where yep. and they then he got back him. in his meds and he thought, okay, well we'll let him out and he can teach again and and then yes. he slowly got worse and worse. Well, yeah, he ran into one of his friends, so Oh no, but I'm saying in previous episodes yeah. he's slowly already gotten worse You're seeing, and worse. Yeah. We're seeing it when he's hanging out with Dave and having, you know, disruptive episodes and being near when those kids were burning people alive. And it yeah. was freaking him out. And so we could see him getting worse, and Dave didn't reinstitutionalize him, which he maybe yeah. should have, but that's, you know, something we can debate later. What's yeah, a, that's, that, that's an iffy issue, though. I know. It, it's it, an, it's, it's so not an easy long, decision. As long as he's taking his meds, Dave's problem is that he didn't phone him and tell him he was going to Boston. Yes, and that's where we kick off this week. Yeah. He doesn't know where Cyril's gotten to because he disappeared on Cyril. And considering Cyril's incredibly tenuous connection to the world, uh, his one grounding influence suddenly disappearing off to Boston is going to make him desperately, well, I mean, really disappearing from his life completely, is going to set him adrift. Like, that just makes perfect sense. Oh yeah, I can't com I can't complain about how it tracks. Oh yeah, like it's sad, but it's completely logical. Yes, and since Dave's problem is so completely different, yeah, there are markers where there are places where they they intersect, sort of. Yeah, like D Dave can understand how Cyril feels, but, but that's different. It's not his experience. Yeah. yeah, not the experience and not how he is going to react to key things, even though Dave knows and, you know, said, uh, and he knew he should have told Cyril before he left and he didn't. Yeah. And therefore, it's it's a problem and he was that so and you assume they were in Boston for a few days. Oh, at least. Yeah. I mean, at least the, their timings, they, they seem to have corrected that timing problem that we had in the other one. Yeah. No, that's definitely, that's definitely helping it. Yeah. So, we've got the, uh, we, we've, we're Cyril's jumping movie. off point, is yeah. there have been a series of murders around Seattle. Sorry, San yeah. Francisco, I said Seattle. Uh, it's all shot in Vancouver, I have trouble keeping them straight. Yes. Uh, later they'll go to Portland, Oregon and kind of act like it's a big trip. And I'm like, you're in San Francisco. <laughs> and well, everything's relative, you know, I we know, live I know. in Canada. That's true. We live in We're Canada. Everything Canada. is an unbelievably long trip. Yes. Except from Ottawa to Montreal. <laughs> yes. That's the only short trip. That's the only short trip between. It's literally true that the only short trip between two major cities in the entire country of Canada is yeah. Ottawa and Montreal. Yeah, because if you want to talk about capital, 
getting to Quebec City is yep. a trial. Oh, my God. But, so, you know, I mean, so we're talking there about a 45-minute flight, which for us is the shortest flight you can oh, take. Exactly. And, um, and for them, that same flight... Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, it's far away. It feels well, like no, an ordeal you just today. hopped across. You just had to hop across the border, but we're not telling. <laughs> I know. Uh, but yeah, it's uh it it is very weird. All right. So, there have been murders and a large man has been seen near the site of these murders and it's this wonderful thing and they're brutal random. There doesn't seem to be any connection between the people. Uh, people are being brutally stabbed. And consequently, everyone on the team is trying to move around, right? And, and not avoid. say directly to Dave that, well, you do know a, a physically violent mental patient who has been accused of crimes. So maybe we look into Cyril, but like no one has the wherewithal to just come out to say it to Dave because they know he's fragile. And Dave is missing. And Cyril is missing. And Cyril is missing. And I Dave mean, this is, is I mean, there is a reason for them oh, yeah. to put him on their list. Oh, absolutely. Cyril is missing. the description of the guy they've seen in the area around the yeah. crimes, and he's missing, and he has this history of violence. So And he isn't answering his cell phone. Exactly. Not answering his cell phone, not in that right. He's not in the place where they were staying together. He's not answering his cell phone. It's it looks bad for Cyril. Like they, as you say, they're not. This isn't coming from nowhere. No. Yeah. So you have. I mean, I mean, to to give them credit, right? Yeah. I mean, they didn't just jump at Cyril out of yeah nowhere. Which this is not, you know, uh, this is not just prejudiced against the mentally handicapped. Yes, this is not touching evil Britain. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, so mean, but so accurate. Uh, no, it's uh, it's very well handled because you need, for the plot of the episode, you need them to suspect Cyril and they do all the groundwork because, spoiler alert, Cyril is involved. Yes. Like, he's seen it, like, they see him around the crime scenes because he was there. Yeah. Like, he was there. It's just, you know, more complicated than that. Ah, so Dave does manage to find Cyril, right, and questions him, and Cyril is obviously feeling betrayed that Dave disappeared on him, and he won't open up to Dave, and they have a very frustrating conversation, because Cyril now suddenly has backslid, and will only talk about Alpha 9 and the future that he's from. Yeah. So he's like, he's completely, whatever progress they made has all been washed away. So Which it's a, yeah, it is very sad. And again, Pruitt Taylor Vince is just so good on this show. Everybody's good on this show, but man, Pruitt Taylor Vince is just yeah. fantastic. Oh my God. Um, yes. Oh, and at the same time, their boss is preparing for, hey, they're having a uh, party to celebrate the third anniversary. Of the unit. Of the unit being founded. And you're like, oh, is this the best time for that? <laughs> Don't you think maybe, you know, you could put this off? Because you can see the tension in the room. Yep. Oh, yeah, because everyone's sure Dave's friend is a murderer, and Dave doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> that would, that would I think, tend to, you know, build up some tension in the room. Uh, but so, yeah, like they're in this weird position where, you know, they're kind of working at cross purposes. But uh, in defense of Cyril, right, we uh, do get another, uh, we do get some evidence because there's another murder. And it looks like Cyril couldn't have done it just yeah. because they have really good, um, like, forensics of how the stabbing was done. Mm -hmm. And the stabbing was clearly done by a short man stabbing up at somebody. Yeah. And so, like, physically, there's no way, like, the size of Cyril, there's no way that he was the one doing the stabbing. Even though the character, uh, the, the other cop whose name I don't remember, who I can never remember because he's the one who's gotten the least characterization. Yeah, well, he develops this. 
Yeah. He, he would have done well if there'd been another season. Oh, exactly. Had they given he him would have room started. to had they given him room to explore that character. Absolutely. I'm sure he would have. Uh but yes, so he uh, you know, is not willing to sus- uh, like not willing to dismiss it. But even Mark is like, yeah, no, like Dave's right. Like physically, this isn't what's like Cyril would not have done it this way. Like it's just not physically possible. Except there's one problem. Uh, Cyril's cell phone turns up at the crime scene. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a bad situation. <laughs> Well, the thing is, is that Cyril, they had to let Cyril go. Yeah. And then Cyril, Dave says he's going to take him back, right? To wherever he wants to go. Yes. And then he wants to go and he's going to be able to walk to this safe place. Yeah. He has him drop off on a corner and he doesn't want Dave following him to the place where he's going to be dropping, uh, like going to, which is pretty suspicious, obviously. But, you know, Dave is willing to meet him halfway. Because Dave is a good friend and he thinks Cyril just needs space. But unfortunately, Cyril is going to meet the killer. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, we, we all re- recognize Steve from Sex and the City. He was on an episode <laughs> of Criminal Minds. Like, we all know this actor. It's always yeah. great to see him. Uh, he played the uh, FBI agent, uh, who they all made fun of in the episode with the con man who was murdering people. Yep. Uh, but yes, I'm blanking on the actor's name, but uh, we're all always happy to see him, who again, does a great job here. Everyone is just knocking at it out of the park on this show. Yeah. I did. I. It, How are you going to find fault with it? No, you can't find fault. We even found fault with the inside. Oh my God. Yeah. But it's like this, this show, it's so There's- good. Yeah, there's no nothing to complain about. There are no weak links. No, and I'm just going okay. But it, and it doesn't even have well. The problem with the inside was it's like, and I mean, it's what it got called out on the side. How many times is this girl going to get kidnapped? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's every week, and I mean, they manage to gradually make that part of the plot that she is addicted to putting herself in danger. Yeah, and that's great. But at the yeah. same time, it doesn't need to happen every week, guys. Well, maybe because she's—I mean, think of this. No, we're not going to talk about the. Entire no, but I'm just saying structurally about... as well, a show. Actually, it is a bit of a problem. Yeah, because... you can say that she's got an addiction to danger by having her put herself—you know—willfully put herself in danger five times in thirteen episodes. It doesn't have to be ten times in thirteen episodes. Because you look at Touching Evil by comparison, I can't say that there's a formula to these episodes, can you? No. No. There just isn't. No, there isn't. They're they're picking and choosing the stories and the bits and pieces that work in the original Touching Evil and then fixing what doesn't work. Yep. So that they can create stories that you can actually follow because you're not being inundated with a whole bunch of stuff that interrelates doesn't interrelate but is supposed to interrelate you think yep no i mean this this show is and the fact that they could do this episode and it is a really good episode like the way that they do work with cyril and like when cyril's talking to this guy yeah right and then Cyril, it's clear this guy is also from Alpha 9. Yeah. And they get into And they want to go back. And they both want to go back. And we learn pretty quickly, right, that that's what's going on. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we see their fantasy. They they let us see into their fantasy world. Yeah. Of of this glaring white room in a world where Steve is dressed in, you know, this impeccable suit. Black. Yeah, in the uh, black suit in this white room. Because, you know, again, uh, every now and then, metaphor can be thuddingly obvious. Yes. We're not going to complain about the occasional thuddingly obvious metaphor. No. We're not that petty. Now, isn't Cyril in gray in that? Exactly. And um, so it is is really, you know, and they talk, and the guy says, yeah, there's just one more person I have to 
meet. Yep. Right. And then we should be able to go home. Mm-hmm. And it turns out Cyril says, well, and then the guy wants to leave. And Cyril says, well, I'll go with you. And he said, well, no, I've got to do this one on his own. And Cyril says, well, we'll meet at the safe space. The portal. The portal. The portal that shows up at that uh, fountain he's obsessed with. Yeah. And we get a clip of them back in the hospital. And, yes, and him being the only one who could call Cyril, calm Cyril down. Yes. And he protect and he essentially effectively protected Cyril from, you know, the the guys in the institution. And then you get the real tragedy of this episode, which is that Cyril pulled this guy into Cyril's delusion. Yeah. And that doesn't make Cyril responsible for his violence, but that is what happened. Yeah, because this guy, this guy then decides all what's happening is it's the suits. Yep. And he's going after the men in suits because they're the ones that are keeping them from getting back to Alpha 9 and the portal. Yep. And Cyril got out first, I mm-hmm. think. And um, and Cyril, as long as Cyril was on his meds. but He this was guy, fine. And I'm sure and as long as this guy was on his meds, he was fine. And then this guy got out and then they both went off their Well, he met yep. Cyril. Right. And um, we don't know exactly. We don't know the exact timeline of when any of this happened. But probably it happened after after the Boston thing. Well, I mean, it's it's weird, right? Because, uh, no, I think Cyril has been in, I my suspicion, and you're right that the episode does not confirm it, is that Cyril has been in touch with this guy for a little while. Because, again, Cyril had been getting worse since before Dave left for Boston. I think when Dave disappeared on him, that's when yeah. he full-time started following this guy around. And that's why he was around the scene for the murders. Yeah, because the murders are only have only been happening in Very the last... Very recently, yeah. Recently, since and then since this guy got out of the hospital. Of course. You yeah. know, so... And so they're trying to get back to Alpha 9. And um, it, is, it, it, it is sad. And then you have the subplot going on with Mark... Which oh, is also very Mark sad. Mark is dealing with brother. his ne'er do well brother. Yes, well, his brother's his ne'er do well brother is a drug addict. Yep, is who constantly hits him up for money for like an apartment or for some help for a, you know, getting a thing for his his car's got a problem or he, you know needs a deposit on some stuff for a job and things like that. And no, he's just a drug addict. And no, he's just a drug addict. The thought he says, well, why can't you go and talk to? Father, yeah. and, well, no, fathers won't talk to me anymore. Yeah, he's been cut off by their dad. Well, yes, the dad has finally figured it out. It's like it's like a guy. <laughs> guy came to my door. He yeah. needed ten dollars because he 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 blocked his car and he needed to hire somebody. <laughs> and I'm listening to this story and I'm going, "You don't have a car." Come on. You don't, just tell me you need a fix. The fixes are 20 bucks now instead of 10. Oh, ouch. This was a long time ago. Okay. This was a long time ago. Okay, this long pre, pre-COVID. Yeah. Back when you could get heroin for $10. You know, or whatever it was he was on. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, then he locked himself out of his apartment. And, oh. Uh, it's, you know. There's long, always, yeah, there's always something. There's always something. There's always a story. I demand work for my money. And that's fine. Just long as I get the work and as long as it's reasonably well done. Then you're happy to give them their drug money. Yes. Yeah, totally fine. <laughs> well, no, there's nothing worse than someone who, uh, who you show up and uh, demand it, you know, just asking nicely for money for drugs and, you know, getting respond with someone who tries to teach you a moral lesson. Uh, there's nobody worse than that. It's like, no, it's no moral lesson. And usually they do come and say, well, can I shovel out your driveway or can I cut your yeah. lawn or something like that? They right? need to do like they they're willing to work for their uh, for their drugs. You know, if we've all seen Brave New World. Yeah. <laughs> People are happy to work for drugs instead of money. Sure. That might not have been the message of that book. But. Movie. But but that is that does happen in it. Yes, it does happen in it. Oh, anyway, but yes. Yeah, so anyway. his, so you've got Mark doing that, and we've got background stuff with Susan. You're like wondering why she's doing any of this. 
Yeah, that's going back to that's still. Well, no, I mean, it really feels like we're going to follow up with Dora. Yeah. And then you've got Mark making things worth with uh, worse with Susan by apologizing for shooting Lainey. Yeah. In like the worst possible way. Uh, while kind of hitting on Susan because he's, you know, all messed up and feeling, you know, awful about his brother. And there's this guy who really likes Susan. Yeah. Who for the first time is getting to have an interaction with Susan and Mark decides to... This is the moment to jump in. <laughs> and, you know, and, and Susan just looks at him and says, Mark, your timing is crap. Yeah. <laughs> And the other guy actually, though, smiles because he figures. Yeah. Yeah. He got the plus. I mean, he couldn't do anything about Mark or anything, and he never yeah. said anything, but he's it, got. It was the better of the interact. He came off better in that interaction. Yeah. By just taking a step back. Yeah. And just letting Mark do his thing because Mark was drunk. Yeah. But unfortunately, then he gets drunk and gets into a fight with Dave over Cyril. <laughs> and really, Dave's whole attitude and whole vibe. Not good. And they get into a fight. And, and his boss is still, yes. And, and the boss, boss never gets to deliver his speech. He says they're giving his speech to an empty table. Yeah. More than once. More than once as he's rehearsing. Oh, yes. it's so sad. And he's also trying to get Dave to accept yeah. that Holly wants to come back. Yeah. He, he, and that's he, the big thing is that like, he's been talking to Holly and she wants to come back. It's just Dave... Won't let her. And in the next episode, we'll get the key line there. Yeah. So we right. might as well mention episode. it here, yeah. which is like, he's finally like, he comes so close to admitting that like, he's afraid that he'll do something to them. Yes. He's afraid. No, it's not the outside things that he's worried about. It's the inside. Yeah. That it's yeah. like, there's always going to be a boogeyman. And yeah, it's, it's me. Right. <laughs> Yeah. He's afraid of who he is now. And it's all based on seeing how Cyril can't control himself. Yes. And that's, but of course, Cyril's problem yeah. is not Dave's problem. No, they have completely yeah. different problems. But because Dave, you know, projects himself so easily yes. into Cyril, he's so terrified he's going to end up like Cyril. And now that he's spending this whole episode failing to help Cyril, it just makes it that much worse for him. Yes. I mean, it is it is terrible. Cyril, they pick Cyril up again and bring him in. Yeah. Because of the cell phone. Mm -hmm. I mean, because Dave has been trying and Dave looks at the cell phone and Susan goes, don't pick it up. And Dave just picks it up. And yeah. it, that's Cyril. And he's got, well, yeah, he's got a message that's from him on the phone. Yeah. That's how they know for sure it's Cyril's phone. Yep. So they know that Cyril somehow or another is integrated. We then find out, of course, that Cyril has been basically, this guy has been protecting Cyril. Cyril also is this big guy that yep. can protect him. So it's like this mutual protection society almost. Yeah. To get them back to Alpha Nine. Because he's the only one who can calm down Cyril, and Cyril can physically protect him. It makes yeah. perfect sense. And then Dave manages to get Cyril to finally talk to him, and he apologizes for Boston, and he talks to him, and mm -hmm. he, talks, he talks about his own experience and his feelings, and Cyril says, show you sec secretly, you are, you are one of us, aren't you? Yeah. And, and Dave goes... Well, you never know, Cyril. Yeah. <laughs> you just well, no, he's like, sometimes I wonder, you know. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> Maybe I'm wonder. not from here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so Cyril, then, then he manages to talk Cyril into telling him where their meeting place is. Well, I mean, he can't. And of course, he has to figure it out for himself because Cyril can only talk about the portal. But Dave yeah. knows about Cyril's fondness for that fountain. Yeah. So he's able to like figure out that that's what he's talking about. So he goes to meet him at the fountain and we have again, a masterful scene of him pretending to be uh, the same kind of delusional that they are because yeah. he needs Steve to confirm to a third party that Cyril yeah. was not involved in the murders. Yes. And like and, voluntarily. And it really is interesting because it isn't a question of succeeding in changing this guy's mind, he doesn't even try it. Oh, no, it's no, because nobody's in danger. Him. No, 
you know, so it, it is, you don't want to do that, but you have to get him first to say that Cyril wasn't involved. Exactly. And second, and second of all, you have to get him angry enough that you'll be able to capture him. Yeah. You know, so Dave takes the knife and starts swinging the knife around and, but obviously, but he's not working with Mark or Susan. He's working with the other guy whose name we don't remember right now. It's it's bad that we've never remembered this character's name, but unlike Mark and Susan, he hasn't got a lot of development. Yes, but it's this not guy, entirely our fault is what we're saying. No, but this guy, but you can see that he's pleased that Dave has asked him there from yeah. the look on his face. This is why I say that even with this bit part that he's got, he's still doing a job. Oh, he's making an impression. You're absolutely right. Yeah. From his face that he's pleased that Dave asked him yeah. to help. Right. And that Dave, you know, is um, involving him in this part. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And that, and so therefore he knows all of this is an act. So he doesn't have to panic about this and they know that this is the guy. So. Oh yeah. No, that's it's, it's a, it makes perfect sense how Dave has planned this out. Yeah. And as you say, you can see the guy responding to it. Yeah. And it, I, as I said, it's, uh, it's masterful. It's the act, the acting and is clearly the directors. Oh God. Yeah. For every episode. Knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. Again, it's just this tragedy that this show never got the attention it deserved. Oh, well, as you say, critics loved it. Yeah. And you put it on any network other than USA, and I'm sure yeah. they would have found a way to keep it going. HBO would have kept it going. Oh, absolutely. Sure. This would have been fine on HBO. Yeah. Um, you you question whether they could have kept this speed up uh, for a 22-episode season like a network uh, you know, asks for. Yeah. But I can't say they wouldn't have. I don't know for a fact they wouldn't well, have. But it, that's that very hard to do. But I, no, I'm saying that's why I would regular. say HBO more than a network. Well, I right. think it is driven. I mean, we're, we're clearly saying it is a dark show. I mean, yeah. it is driven. It is dealing with a lot of issues. Like well, this is. And this I think, is, but like narratively and character wise, right? Um, network shows, because they have to do 20, 20 plus episodes a year like to hold back the character stuff and do less character stuff than yeah. this is doing because they don't want to blow through the pacing of all the relationships. That's why you get, you know, a, you'll get a bunch of episodes where the, for the whole week, they're just solving the case. Yeah. And they're not deepening the character stuff. Because they got lots of time. They got lots of time, exactly. And they, they don't want to blow through all of their character beats in one season. I mean, like, look at uh, our beloved Prodigal Son, which we had so much fun with. Yes. You know, because it was only 13 episodes a year, they could spin that out and they could develop him. Every yeah, and then week. they canceled it. And then they canceled it. I know. I'm still Don't sad know. about that. I still want to know what's going on and what happened. Yeah, such a good show. Yes. All right. But anyway, the point is, I think this would have fared better on a, I think you're right. This would have fared better on a cable network that was willing to support it and take the time to build it. But let's face it, you know, the USA Network was the wrong place for this. Yes. And let me tell you, this this one is certainly better than The Sopranos. Oh, my God. I would watch this over The Sopranos any day. Any day. Any day. Well, you know, my yeah, everybody we all, we who's have been listening to this show knows my opinion of The Sopranos. It's a waste of everybody's enough. time. Yeah, Self-indulgent mess. Yes. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> it's a waste of everybody's time as you're taking <laughs> The Sopranos. Uh, but anyway, so they've got... Uh, but the fact is, Cyril has now gone off the deep end and assisted this guy in murders, and he's got to go back to the hospital. Yeah. And so the episode ends with Dave bringing Cyril back to the hospital. And now Dave uh, has to figure out who he is again, because now he's not taking care of Cyril anymore. Yes. And well, it, it is very interesting, though, you know, that that whole lot. I mean, this is what is making this show is that that whole last scene where Cyril is has got French fries. Right. Yeah. Oh. And you no know, talking about how you don't get anything like this on Alpha 9, yeah. and, which is a sign that he's going to get better. <laughs> 
believe it or not. He's got stuff that he wants to find, wants to hold on to in the real world. Yeah, in the real world, if it's only a bag of French fries. It's still something. It's still something. And then, and he insists, Dave, you're going to come and see me. And Dave says, yeah. of course, of course I will. And Dave will. And yeah. unlike, unlike other people. A, a Spencer Reed, for example. Yes, who never follows up on anything. Or a Emily Prentice, who never follows up to the point that it causes a murder spree. Yes. Oh, you just, believe that Dave is going to check in on Cyril. Dave is going to, and partly because Dave is, so Dave goes willingly into the ambulance and then, but he, he had dropped his French fries. So Dave picks them up and gives them to him. Yeah. Right. Like to like remind him goes, that there's like, there's a piece of the real world to bring with him. Yes. And this, all of this, right. Mm-hmm. Is really good in terms of showing how these things work and these characters are interacting and they move forward like this is not a negative portrayal of schizophrenia nope you know i mean it also shows you that you have to like you have it's not this everybody thinks everybody's violent and that's partly what those people, whereas, as Dave said, Cyril doesn't have a violent bone in his body. Yep. You know, even though they picked him up for what seems to be violent, but it's just all you have to do because both Spencer and Dave, Dave, I mean, not Spencer, Steve <laughs> and Dave are able to calm Cyril down. Yep. It's it's very simple to calm Cyril. Well, no, because he he freaks out when people, uh, you know, when his worldview is questioned. When he's forced to deal with the contradictions between his mental state and the world around him, he gets violent, right? And all you have to do is know how to talk to him and know not to, you know, not to be too jarring with, you know, dealing with the real world, with exposing to the real world. Or you can do it by just feeding, like, Dave does it gently and Steve just feeds into his madness. Yeah, well... Well, Steve, though, is just as mad as he is, but Steve has got a violent way of... Decoping, yeah. Coping with with the this bizarre belief that the two of them now have, have that they're both from Alpha 9. Yeah, because Steve wants to find out who's... And again, he is the kind of paranoid schizophrenic where he wants, needs somewhere, someone to blame for why his life isn't the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Which is why he goes out, as you say, looking for the men in suits. Yes. Because, because they're he the needs ones there that to are be keeping a, him. They're the ones who are keeping him. There's a them, as they say. In the With schizophrenics, there's always a them who's trying to keep you, uh, you know, who's trying to do something to you, who you have to be afraid of, who you, because you can't be, your paranoia has to be justified by someone being out to get you, Right. Yeah. The paranoia can't be coming from nowhere, so you invent a them, and that's what he's done with these men in suits. It's just the the structure of his paranoia has been defined by Cyril. Yes. The structure and... of it. He was always going to find someone to be angry at, because that's the nature of his paranoia. It just so happens that Cyril is the one who gave him the structure to find someone to blame. Which, again, is why it's so tragic, and why it's such a really good episode. <laughs> Yes, it is. I was so oh. I I the regret that I have that we didn't get more of this. I know. I do like when things are well written and when they're well organized and when they make sense. Like when okay, so you're creating a world, an alternate world. That's what fiction is. Oh yeah. There's not it, but when you can integrate some of the problems of reality into your shows. And this has managed to do that because most good shows try to do that. I mean, even criminal minds at times has tried to do that. They're not as successful, but they don't have the researchers. Um, But anyway, um, you know, maybe that's what, what I was, that's what they should have done. Just had a, someone in to teach them how to do research properly. Yeah. And once you figure out how to do research properly, then you don't make some of the stupid errors they make. And I can mm-hmm. think of a few just off the top of my head. <laughs> you know, oh well, yeah, you know, it was on the internet. And I'm going, 
Yay! Look a little oh, harder next time. Yay! It's on the internet, and this is what it says. And guess what? You went down a rabbit hole, honey. Yeah. You went down a rabbit hole. You and your you and your co-writer went down a rabbit hole. Yep. It's not true. But anyway, <laughs> we did go listen to our Criminal Minds podcast. Yeah, we've uh, there's plenty of evidence of that. Believe you me. Yes, we've discussed that more at length. Like, where did they get this idea from? Oh, this specious piece of idiocy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the, no, the the point is, like, they did a really Here, great job with this, this is, one. This is to to deal with schizophrenia as well as they did. Yeah. You know, um, and and Dave's conflict because he does see part of himself in Cyril, but he's not. Yeah. Because he doesn't have schizophrenia. No. And that's all there is to it. And yeah. Um, but what they both are are totally alienated. From the world, because even Cyril, when he's on his meds and when he was living with David, clear he doesn't fit. No. Right now, and that's years of, you know, social structures and socialization and who knows when he started to become schizophrenic. Because clearly it was in it probably in his 20s. Clearly he was a mathematician and you see that. Oh, yeah. So that means that there was something. And of course, it is a callback to what's his face. But yeah, uh, John Nash. Yeah, John Nash. But that that doesn't matter. Right. It's it's it is. So I think it's pretty obvious that that's the inspiration for this character. Yes. And anyway, it's it is sad for anyone who has these severe illnesses. And I'm not sure that we handle them well. In our yeah. society, um, and you can you actually see that here that oh, yeah. it's not so much the hospital; it's everybody else. And maybe the hospital does make mistakes. The problem is, it's again, you know, everything is dependent on staying on your meds. It's mm-hmm. it's it, but it's like with people with bipolar, right? Oh yeah, it, the the. The other world that gets created when you are in, when your brain is someplace else, is so, or when your brain, it's not someplace else. It's just, that's so much more comforting. Yeah, because it's, well, I mean, it's literally a world your mind is creating to make sense of everything. So, of course, it's going to be more comforting. Yeah, and and as I said, with bipolar, it's the highs, and you can believe everything until all of a sudden it all crashes, and then then yeah. the depression hits. And so moderating that, well, yeah, when you've been on top of the world, it's real hard, right? To well, I mean, yeah, that's the nature, average. as you say, of bipolar is like obviously the lows aren't worth it, but when you're on a high, it really feels like this is the best you've ever been. Yeah, you know it's. It, it, there are so many, so many, it's so complicated in our society. It does not want yeah. to accept things that are not the norm. And not really, really easy to wrap your head around. And yeah, we all, everybody seems to want to have the simple solutions, hence, hence yep. the guys and the heroes and the... Uh, Anyway, mm-hmm. let's get off that. And go. This All right, so we'll deal with the second say. episode, which Good is episode. they go up to Portland, Oregon. Well, outside of Portland, Oregon. This is a small fishing town, Ports, but that's where yeah. they're flying to. Yeah. Uh, right, to deal with a series of murders. And what's interesting is uh, this one, I mean, it is, it's exactly the same episode. Except, and this is the kind of genius of it. They've removed the extraneous thing of uh, Dave having, uh, you know, falsely put someone in jail. Like, all of that stuff is gone. Yes. Thank you. Now, there's just a native guy who has been in and out of jail because they suspected of murdering his wife. And they keep trying to find evidence and keep wanting to charge him and then having to let him go because they don't have any evidence. Because, spoiler alert, as we know, he didn't do it. Yeah. 
but well, it, it, it is I an mean, indictment of the policing jump to oh, conclusion, oh. deciding this guy did it, and then just looking for a reason to throw him in jail. Oh, and when we find out, right? When we find out, and this is Susan finds this out, this one of the other cops in the department yeah. tells her, he said, You didn't hear it from me and you're not gonna rat me out, but we've had him under surveillance for two years. Yeah. Twenty four hour surveillance for over two years. And Susan says, And has he done anything? No. <laughs> Right? No, but the the head cop in the case is just so determined to prove that this guy did it that, you know, there we are. There we are. And uh, it is nice that Susan got him. Yeah. I, I was, it was much better ending for this horrible cop. I know. In oh. some ways, right? Because he beats the guy. But they finally have to let the guy go. Yeah. The... Um, the First Nations guy, the Indigenous guy, the Indian mm-hmm. guy, as they would call him in, in there, and they had they had to let him go. But it's cop- so weird to watch a thing where they're still using the word Indian, and you're like, "Oh my God, 2004, they were still doing yeah." But that? Americans, but Americans don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I guess you're right. Right, they call themselves. I mean, after it's, what it is and weird, the yeah. American Indian movement. Movement, is, right? Well, no, it's, it's simply because there are so many different. It became. Yeah, if right. There's so many there, different cultures. If you want to create an umbrella statement, they, I they, guess you, that's the one you use. Because everybody called them that. Well, okay, that's fine. You know, whereas, well, Canada is just different. And the United yeah. States, you will have, I mean, I had this discussion with my grandson at one point. Well, yes, but this is, Canada is not the States. And the States, I mean, they're certainly, I would say, um, oh, how can I explain it? I mean, they are so, I mean, it's not good, you know, and it's very problematic, but it is, it, their experience was, their experience was horrendous. Oh, yeah. And all of it. But their experience was a different experience than the one in Canada. And so, therefore, their solutions are different and their solutions are to take take the Americans to court. Well, no, and I think they I think the and way it is because they saw themselves as all of their cultures were flattened into this one idea of quote unquote the American Indian. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, if the if we're all going to be treated as a block, we can find some power in acting as a block. Yeah. And under the identity that was thrust upon us. Yes. And what happened like I always I always I still go back to Oklahoma. And they own two, what, a third of the, the state of Oklahoma? <laughs> Legally now, yeah. They own a third so of the state Tulsa. of Oklahoma. Yeah. They own Tulsa. Yeah. Because as that, the, the treaty was said, never voided in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. 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 You, you, you had, you had a hundred years to void this treaty. You didn't. Yep. It's theirs. Yeah. You know, and so it's the, one, one of the few times that the Supreme then, Court did the right thing. And the Cherokee, I mean, and I mean, setting up like even a long time ago, they started to set up sort of casinos on their own land. Oh, yeah. Across across the river like that. It's a different. The mentality is still sort of. It's still America. Yeah. So your solutions are going to be different than the solutions you have in Canada. Yes. And you're going to look for capitalism to solve your problems. Yes. That's and just the I nature mean, of America. This is it never why, does, but that's what you're going to try. I. This is why I was so upset that Rutherford Falls oh, canceled. Such a good so, exploration of these issues. Yeah, it really, really was. I don't know why. But anyway, that's another story. But I mean, the thing is, is this episode about treatment of Native Americans? No, but the casual prejudice against them is integral to this week's episode because this guy's being sure this guy's the killer, right? Means he doesn't look anywhere else. Exactly. And he and he doesn't think anywhere else. And Susan keeps bringing it up. Yep. Keeps pushing him. Well, did you? Well, no, you know. No. You know? Meanwhile, and Dave has been goes. put on... Uh... No, no, this is... 
this episode is really good because it is. because when the when the um when the the this horrible cop from this town yeah right and Susan rings him out and and then he looks at the her partner like the other guy the one of the four right the one yep. that whose name we can never remember exactly he looks at him and says oh is she always this whatever word he yeah. uses I can't remember and she said and he looks at he looks at this horrible cop and mm-hmm. says, yeah, well, only when she's dealing with idiots. Yeah. So beautiful. <laughs> so true. So you, you can see him developing. This is what I mean. And these two. Yeah, are, no, they, he develops. You're absolutely right. He's starting, he's starting to shift. Yeah. You know, and I would have loved to have seen how all of this was going to work its way out. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, um, and so meanwhile, the uh, <laughs> Dave has been told to take some, you know, mental health time yeah. after the whole Cyril ordeal. Yeah, and he's not coping well with not being on the job. He doesn't know who he is if he's not working. He uh, yeah. doesn't. He doesn't really have an identity if he's not working. Uh, so he's still thinking about the case and obsessing over his family. And I mean, you see the. Uh, what happens when his uh, the the maid who's working on the hotel room briefly takes the pictures of his family down so she can fix the mirror, like and and clean had, the mirror. She has probably done this at least once a week. Yeah, and he freaks right? out because he's this seeing it this time. This is the first time. This yeah. is the first time he's seen her do it. I would think. And oh yeah, this is the first time he's seeing it, so it causes him to freak out and on she, her, and well, you're like, he apologizes. Oh. Of course. He, he is. Now, can I bring up something else about Go. what what this episode, what it shows and what you said, that he doesn't know who he is when he's not a cop. Mm-hmm. And this is a function of his loss of memory. Yep. Oh, totally. Almost complete loss of memory. Like it's not totally gone as you can, as we could see every now and then. Yeah. But the emotional stuff is gone. A lot mm-hmm. of the memory is gone. And this is so, this is a human being who has nowhere to place himself. Yeah. Because he, he doesn't can't. know what context he makes sense in. Yeah. Because there is no context for him anymore. Yeah. And other than he knows he has a wife and children and he knows he has a job. Mm-hmm. And so those are the only two things he knows and he obsesses. Yeah. And, um, you know, part of it is going into the bath. Yeah. And holding his, putting himself underwater and holding yeah. his breath underwater, that probably does, it's probably not a bad solution. Water <laughs> is very helpful. It's sensory oh, deprivation of a sort. Yeah. He's doing it to himself, you know. So, no, it's a good trick. Yeah. And so meanwhile, back at the other place, they're getting nowhere. And and it does follow, as you say, it's beat for beat almost the other one. Well, except Mark's brother shows up, you know, yes. looking for, follows, manages to find out, set, told the people back at base there was a family emergency so he could go up and try and get more money from his brother. Yeah. And so Mark is going to have that to deal with. Yes. And he's made an arrangement to meet his brother. Yeah. He makes an arrangement to meet his brother while After they're looking into the cases. Meanwhile, there's another murder. And yeah. they uh, and just like in the original, yeah. hearts are being cut out, and the bodies are being left for the men to find. Uh, uh, it's exactly the same. I mean, it's exactly the same mo. Oh yes, it's exact. That part of it is exactly the same. Um, the grief counselor they work that differently. I liked how they, you know, because th- Dave then shows up. Let he sends out them uh, sympathy cards. Yep. You know, so they get to open these cards. Yeah, he um, sends the team sympathy cards every time he kills somebody. Because, again, he wants the attention. Yeah. And we've seen the We saw the grief counselor. He doesn't play as big a part. Yeah, he's in less of it. So it's less yeah. obvious. It's less obvious that this is the guy that it's going to be. Then Dave does show up. Finally. And um, they get the last sympathy card and they find out what it is. And then Dave starts going, huh. And because his ways of thinking are different now, yep. uh, he does come up with, well, it, it's somebody who hates these guys. 
Yeah. Right. That the guys are the them. focus. Yeah. The guys are the focus, not the women. The women are just means to an end. Yeah. And, Which is why uh, it's great because we get this much better yes. version of the talking to all of the guys at the support group scene. Well, I think the support group scene worked so well. I'd forgotten. Did they do one in the other they one? They did one in the original. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't anywhere good. near as good. This was really good because you see these guys. First, they're saying, well, he hates women. And Dave's going, well, no. He said, I think it's all about you guys. Like, don't you guys all have somebody who doesn't like you? Yeah. Right? And in the and original, then, right? In the original, that seemed so... Like, the way it was handled in the original, Dave's statement of that, it, it seemed so absurd that it's like, oh, everybody's got someone who would murder your wife to get back at you. No. Da no of course this they would. Dave Whereas said, in this version, yeah. he just asked the question, and he anybody? sees this reaction. And so they all come out with things. Yeah. Like, you know, like the the uh, our American Indian fellow, you yeah. know, comes out with, yeah, well, there was, of course, his cousin or whatever who was in love with the woman that he married and, you know, and then and there was the other them, guy who's sleeping with his boss's wife and the boss's wife was murdered. So obviously. Yeah. And then the others, the others all find somebody that doesn't like them. Yeah. Like not enough to, they would never think these guys would murder their no. wives, but they do have. So when they start talking and all the rest of it, right. Then it's, uh-huh. And Dave okay. realizes, I mean, it doesn't get to him immediately. No. But he's like, all of the, uh, but uh, he doesn't get into immediately. But of course, he realizes it's absurd that one person could have this big a grudge against yeah. all of these men specifically. Like, it can't be that kind of motive. It, it literally can't be, because it's like, how could one person have had this kind of horrible run in? With all of these men, these men. Like, they're not going to find somebody in co uh, in common that they all have a problem with. It has to be something else that's going on. Meanwhile, Mark goes to meet with his brother, and his brother has died from a drug overdose. Yeah, yeah, and so naturally, and by the way, a much more organic way to get someone in to see a grief counselor, don't you think? <laughs> don't you think? Oh. <laughs> So he goes to see the grief counselor just to talk through his issues with his brother, the yeah. brother who, you know, uh, always screwed up and now his and now is dead and he can't ever make things right with him. And so he doesn't know how to deal with it. So he's like, yeah, I'll talk to a professional about this because, you know, he believes in the value of therapy. Well, not only that, but he had he had the, t the, the discussion like it was a very reasonable discussion with the grief counselor. Oh, completely. You know, um, and, and and how, yes, you know, you have to kind of work through the unresolved issues so that you can just let go. Yeah. And so Dave, meanwhile, Dave looks at these sympathy cards and realizes the only thing the, that these men have in common is that they all end up at the grief counselor. Yeah. And, he's so, like, but, and so he gets Susan and they rush over the grief counselor. Meanwhile, uh, Mark has just like in the original seen the giant roll of plastic bags like the one the killer is using and immediately realized the significance of them. So he yeah. still gets stabbed, uh, you know, still yeah. gets badly stabbed in the stomach, but Dave and Susan are there immediately. And he's still alive when they manage to arrest the, uh, yeah. Uh, the grief counselor. And they managed to arrest the grief counselor, which leads to the absolutely absurd statement by the grief counselor that, you know, this is all a misunderstanding and he hasn't done anything wrong as Mark is bleeding on the couch. <laughs> this guy was definitely delusional. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, no, he thinks he can talk his way out of anything. Yes. He really does. There's a part of him that believes he can just talk his way out of any situation, even one as patently, like, he is so thoroughly caught. He is as caught as anyone has ever been caught. Yes. But he believes he can talk his way out of it, because that's fundamentally who he is. It's very interesting. But yeah, so they catch him. Mark goes to the hospital. Uh, they go back to home base. And... 
Zach Grenier, the boss, has brought Cregan's family back. Yeah. Whew. That was because, so yeah, nice. It was so nice because he knows, and, he, and this is what the whole conversation they had, and we talked about it when we were talking about last episode, but it, the conversation that actually happens in this episode is Cregan, you know, is afraid he's going to do something to his family. But the thing is, unless he has the chance to make things right with his family, he's always going to be assuming he's a potential monster. Yeah. And he's never going to get better. It's not going to heal him. Avoiding his problem isn't going to help it. <laughs> well, and it's what the grief counselor said. Yeah, it's also what the grief counselor <laughs> said. You got you got to you got to deal with the past. Yeah. So it's not like we're saying the grief counselor was bad at his job. He was just also a murderer. He was also, yeah. So, well, he needed to fill up his client list. There you go. <laughs> God. But yeah, like, that was such a bad episode of Touching Evil. And this one, they managed to make it so good. They managed to make it work. All of this stuff well, works. And it's because, you know, they've got stuff for Mark to do. And they establish something going on yeah. with Mark. That would, right? they, that they would give him a logically, logically bring him to a grief counselor. Yes, they give because him a the reason. Because they'd already met, he'd already met the guy, right? Oh, yeah. And, and I, this is the point for me, like, by doing the stuff with his brother in the previous episode, they set it up. Whereas whenever they needed Mark to do something in the original, they would just spring it on us in that episode. Yeah. You know, they, they never laid the groundwork for anything. Like Susan suddenly, like, there was already clear, like, Susan sleeping with uh, Lainey, right? Yeah. In the original comes out of nowhere. Here, they establish a, a prior relationship. relationship. Yeah. That these people have known each other for years. Okay, well, this makes more sense. Yes. It's all we want. All we want is for you to do the work, and you can even do it in the same episode, as long as the writing's solid and the acting's solid. Whereas the original, they just didn't do the work. Yeah. They just didn't bother Maybe showing up was, and doing the work. It must have been a very unhappy set. I, it wouldn't oh, shock me. About the original. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it we can't say that for sure, but I'm not going to say I would be no. surprised if I found out that was the situation. Because it's like, you see how all... And that's what the, the crazy thing about this show is. It yeah. makes you realize, oh, all the pieces were there. They just did a bad job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, it's so rare we get to say that. You know, because, like, even, and I'm going to say it, it's a more impressive feat than Criminal Minds Korea. Because oh, Criminal yeah, Minds no, Korea, really you impressive. know, took 14 seasons of, or 13 seasons of television whenever they did it, right? Yeah. And just, like, picked and chose the absolute high points to create this amazing best of reel of the entire show. Yeah. Whereas this, episode for episode, one to one, went and fixed Every single episode of the show. That's crazy. Yes. And I feel so vindicated that we came up sometimes with the same solution. With the exact same solutions they did. I know. <laughs> I feel yes, nice. we do know what we're talking about. Turns out we know we what we're talking about. Who could have guessed? Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's so crazy to watch a show being like, no, we're not going to take any shortcuts. We're not going to just use the same character names and premise and do our own thing. We see potential in this, and we're gonna we're going to exploit that potential in a way the original show didn't manage to at all. Yeah, it's fantastic, and I I just want to say that I don't think we've seen anything like this. No, not so far. No, like, uh, no, I don't know that we've seen an accomplishment like this one. A way that they've just literally moment for moment said, okay, we're going to fix this and this and this. And by the end of it, you've got a completely new show that is 100% better than the original, while still recognizably in every way a remake of the original. Mm -hmm. This never happens. No. no. All right, so... Next week, uh, we're going to be uh, going to be real bittersweet because we're going to be watching Why Me, 
which is the last episode. No, no, no. not why me. Um, no, no, it's Mercy. not why me. Mercy. Mercy. Yeah, Mercy. Uh, the last ever episode of Touching Evil, which was, uh, you know, a solid episode of the original. Yes, it was. Well, it was near the beginning. It was right near the beginning. And it was a pretty solid episode of the yeah. original. So we're going to be very interested to see what they do with what was arguably one of the high points of the original show. Since mostly they've been fake, uh, fixing the low points, which is, you know, easy to do because most of that show was low points. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so when we get to one of the high points, well, I mean, the pilot was also a high point and their version of the pilot was better. So yeah. I don't doubt they'll be able to fix this. Well, I don't know exactly what they're going to fix, but uh, I'm guessing they probably won't drive a man to suicide and then not, you know, care. Yeah, no. I I'm think guessing that probably that. won't happen this week. <laughs> oh my god, it's going to be tough to say goodbye to Touching Evil. Yes, it is. I didn't know I would feel this way. I mean, it's the last thing you and I suspected when we started this. But well, we were more concerned that it would, if this, if Touching Evil was bad, this was going to be worse because that's the usual. Yeah, although you know the office would. You know, the office managed to do it not too yeah. badly. They did fine. Right? Yeah. But, I mean, they had to do it for much longer, so it had to become a very different show. Yes. You know, but uh, it, it may never have had the intense, you know, power in the awkwardness of the original, but it was a very good show that lasted a very long time. Yeah. But, I mean, we were so burned by Cracker. Well, that was... But that was... But we got what we expected. We got what we expected. We, yeah. we weren't exactly uh, thinking that there would that be it was going to be great any yeah. different. So you're you're not let down. No. Whereas here, you're just going, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you can say is like oh, we had no expectations. So you're right. I mean, it's easy for it to blow us out of water when we had no expectation of quality. But this is not this is not a show that we are loving because we set our expectations super yeah. low. This is a show we're loving because it's a great show. Yeah, it's yeah. just we're uh, we are reacting to it more strongly than we might have. Uh, we're loving it because it's great, but we're also blown away. We have this extra emotion of, and they fixed it. And they fixed it. Ah, oh, Paul That's Abbott. It's always nice to be vindicated. It really is. It really, really is. All right. So we're going to call it here. We'll see you back here next time for Mercy, the final episode of Touching Evil. Uh, and then, oof, we get to relax with a few episodes of Cop Rock. Yes. That'll be fun. That'll be nice. Honestly, I think that's yeah. going to be fun. Cop and uh, we're just waiting on news for when Criminal Minds goes back into production. <laughs> Although hopefully by the time you hear this, uh, there will have been an announcement about Criminal Minds going back into production. Because yeah. see, the problem is, like... All they can do now is write the episodes. The actor's strike is still on. But at least they can write the episodes. Yeah, Should they can go back to work writing the episode. No, it's just a question of whether the network wants to pay to have everyone come back and write the episodes when they have no idea when it's going to start production. That's what all these shows are dealing with deciding. Do you bring back the writing staff now and get all the episodes ready, or do you wait until you have some idea when production is going to start because you wrap up the... But I uh, thought, no, I thought that, that's... That... No, some shows are coming back, but it's a discussion that everyone is having. No, no, but I'm talking about the actor's strike. That It's that... not over. No, no, but aren't they going to be... They're not going to be working. No, no, I don't mean they're not going to be working. What do you mean? Okay, but aren't didn't they have... Didn't they have something? Aren't they getting? Maybe not. No. Okay. No. Everything's still I'm shut down because of the writers. Just looking at my deadline. I'm yeah. Looking at Everything's my deadline. still shut down. All we can do is watch, you know, the late night shows, which aren't going to have actors on them for obvious reasons. Yeah. Okay. See. Okay. So, SAG actress, studio CEOs. Do, do, yeah. Do do. do. Okay, starts talks today with revenue sharing still divisive issue. Be cautious, expecting a quick deal town war. Yeah. 
That's very interesting, but there's still... And this still... is 7.30 yeah. this morning, so yeah. This is my point. The union but they're strike, back at the over? bargaining table. And hopefully the fact that like they completely folded and gave the writers everything they wanted means they're going to fold on the actors too, right? Fingers crossed. Uh, that would be very good. I'll be very happy if that's the case, but it hasn't happened yet. Okay, so no one is going into this overly confident or assuming it's going to be easier. Because anyway, the point is there's no reason to yes. go over this now. This episode's not airing until November. The yes. strike will be over by November. The point is yeah. we don't know as we're recording this when Criminal Minds goes back into production. So expect a Sunday episode for us to talk about how excited we are when we, you know, the day we find out. The well, there will have, you've probably yeah. by the time you hear this you've probably already heard our sunday episode celebrating the fact that criminal minds is going back into production hopefully Please. yes hopefully yes. all right so uh we're going to call it there if you have any questions if you have any comments if there's any profiling related fiction you'd like us to check out drop us a line at profiling criminal minds at gmail.com we would love to hear from you if you're listening to this on an app or podcatcher please be sure to rate and review. That's how people find out about the show. We're going to see you here next week for the final episode of Touching Evil. But until then, I'll say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good week.